ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves And the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone And that He has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. We'd like to continue this evening in this lecture number 19, our series of lectures concerning the explanation of Lum'atul Atiqat al-Hadi ila Sabil al-Rashad al-Imam Abu Muhammad Abdullah ibn Ahmad ibn Muhammad ibn Qudama rahimahullah. In last week's lecture, we completed those matters which were listed under the title of the things that a Muslim is required to believe in concerning that which has been reported to us from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam whether of those matters of the past history of the past nations or things to come in the future and the last of those things which Al-Imam Ibn Qudam Rahimahullah mentioned of what we are required to have faith in from what has been reported to us from the Prophet ﷺ is related to Al-Jannah Wal-Nar and here Imam Al-Qudama mentions in point number 67 Wal-Jannatu Wal-Naru Makhluqatan La Tafniyan Fal-Jannah Ma'awa Awliyaihi Wal-Nar Iqabun Li-A'adaihi Wa Ahlul Jannah Fiha Mukhalladun that the paradise and the hellfire are two created entities which will never end or cease to exist the Jannah it is the home or resting place for the awliya of Allah the friends of Allah and the hellfire it is a punishment for his enemies yani for those who are disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the people of the Jannah will remain in it forever and then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Zukhruf chapter 43 verse 74 and 75 Inna al-mujrimina that verily the mujrimun, the criminals, the wrongdoers, disbelievers and pagans they will be in the punishment of hellfire abiding in it forever concerning this point uh, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Sali al-Uthaymeen Hafidhullah may Allah protect and preserve him gave us the definition of al-Jannah wal-Nar linguistically and technically and he said that the definition of Al-Jannah, it is a garden containing many trees this is the linguistic meaning of Al-Jannah Al-Bustan and the legal meaning or the shari technical meaning in the deen it is the place which Allah has prepared in the next life for the muttaqeen the people of taqwa, the righteous and the pious as for the fire and nar he says that linguistically the meaning of nar is well known the meaning of an nar fire is well known and its shari technical 
legal Islamic meaning, it is the place, the home, the destination which Allah has prepared in the next life for the disbelievers, for those who disbelieve. And then he said that these two places, the Jannah and the Nar, are already created. And he mentioned the proofs such as the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 133, that it has been prepared, yani the paradise has been prepared for the people of Taqwa, and in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 24, meaning the hellfire, it has been prepared for the disbelievers. And the fact that it has already been prepared, this is a proof that it already exists. And also he mentioned a hadith from the Prophet reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet ﷺ actually saw the paradise. He actually saw it and he said that if he were to take some fruit from that which he saw in the paradise, if he had taken it for the people, they would have been eating from it until uh, forever. And it would have lasted forever. Uh, then He mentions the proofs concerning the paradise and the hellfire that they are forever, that they will remain forever. And from amongst them is the ayah in Surah Al-Bayna, chapter 98, verse 8, <coughs> that the reward for the righteous, jaza'uhum عند ربهم جنات عدنين تجري من تهدها الأنهار خالدين فيها أبدا. يعني that the paradise under which which rivers flow that. Uh, they would abide in it forever. Khalidina fiha abada. That the believers or the righteous would stay in the paradise forever. And likewise, he mentions the proof from amongst many proofs the proof that the hellfire is also permanent. And the disbelievers, the pagans who died on kufr, that they would also remain in hellfire forever. And he mentions in Surah An Nisa, chapter 4, verse 169, and 168, 169, that Allah would never guide the disbelievers except to a way illa tariqa jahannama khalidina fiha abada except to a way to the hellfire which they will remain in forever and he mentioned a number of other verses and then he talked about the paradise and the hellfire where they are but the paradise is in a high place and the hellfire is in the lowest place uh, the lowest of low places and the proofs concerning that and he talked about the people of paradise and the people of hellfire and the proofs concerning them that the people of paradise are the people of Iman and Taqwa the people who have faith and piety and the people of hellfire are the people of Kufr the, the people who disbelieve and the wretched those who disobeyed Allah the next point Imam Ibn Qudama mentioned in point number 68 concerning the ending of death that when the people enter the paradise and the hellfire there would be no more death after that. And he mentions this point. وَيُؤْتَى بِالْمَوْتِ فِي سُورَةٍ فِي سُورَةِ كَبْشِ أَمْلَحْ فَيُذْبَحْ بَيْنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ ثُمَّ يُقَالْ يَا أَهْلَ الْجَنَّةِ خُلُودٌ وَلَا مَوْتٌ وَيَا أَهْلَ النَّارِ خُلُودٌ وَلَا مَوْتٌ يعني that death, death would be brought forth in the form or the shape of a black and white ram and as some of the translators translated, beautiful ram, uh, and it would, be dis- it would be slaughtered, it would be killed in a place between the paradise and the hellfire, and then it would be said, or it would be called out, O oh, people of paradise, Huludun, eternity, Walamaut, and there is no 
more death and the same to the people of the hellfire all people of hellfire khuludun wala maut eternity and there is no more death then the shaykh mentioned in his explanation uh, the definition of death and that everyone has to die and that even though death is something that is not a physical thing that you can touch or see but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give it a form a form, a physical form the form of a ram so that the people could see it and it would be placed in between the paradise and the hellfire so that all of the people could see it and then it would be slaughtered or killed so that from that point on people would remain in their place in the paradise and the hellfire forever without being overcome by death Uh, then we went on to a new chapter, the chapter concerning the rights of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, حقوق النبي صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم وأصحابه. And here, Imam Al-Qudama mentioned the two points that we took, point number 69 and 70. He talked about the Prophet ﷺ and his virtues, merits, and superiority over the rest of creation and even the rest of the prophets and messengers in which he mentions when Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam khadr al-nabiyyin wa sayyid al-mursaleen la yasihhu iman abdin hatta yu'mina birisalatihi wa yashhad binabuwatihi that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah he is the seal of the prophets he is the master of the messengers and no person's iman would be correct until they believed or had faith in his messengership, his message and testified to his prophethood and also he said that the affairs between the people will not be decided on the day of resurrection except after the intercession of the Prophet Muhammad and no nation or community or followers of, the, of any other prophet would enter the paradise until after the entry of the Ummah of Muhammad and also of the merits and virtues of the Prophet and his superiority over the others in point number 70 and Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah mentions that he was Sahib Liwa Al-Hamd but he is the owner, the one who possessed the banner or the flag of praise والمقام المحمود and the honored praiseworthy station or status or position والحوض المورود and the watering place or the fountain to which many 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 people will come to drink on يوم القيامة which we discussed previously وهو إمام النبيين وخطيبهم وصاحب شفاعتهم وأمته خير الأمم وأصحابه خير أصحاب الأنبياء عليهم السلام and also the virtues of the Prophet ﷺ is that he is the Imam of all the Prophets, the leader of the Prophets and their spokesman, and he is the one who possesses their intercession, and his Ummah is the best of all the nations, and his companions are the best of all companions of any other of the Prophets. Uh, here, the Shaykh in his explanation discussed the superiority or the preference and excellence of the Prophet ﷺ or the Prophet, the messengers and yani that the best of all creation with Allah are the messengers are Rusul and then after them Nabiyun, the Prophets and then As-Siddiqun the truthful then Ash-Shuhada the martyrs then As-Salihun the righteous and these are mentioned in the Quran in this order in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 69 
And then he said, the best of the messengers, the messengers are the best of creation, even before the prophets and so on, and the best of the messengers is Ulul Azim, those who had firm resolution from amongst the messengers, and there are five, including Nuh, and Ibrahim, and Musa, and Isa, and Muhammad, alayhim salatu wassalam. May Allah's salat and salam be upon all of them. And he mentions the places where this is the proof for such in Surah Al-Ahzab, chapter 33, verse 7, and also in Surah Al-Shura, chapter 42, verse 13. And then from amongst Ulul Azm, the firmly resolute messengers, he said the best and most excellent of them is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is based on his saying that I am the master of all of humanity on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And then he said after him, the second uh, station of preference or superiority after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is for Ibrahim alayhi salam and then Musa alayhi salam and then without making any certain uh, statement concerning the preference between the last two, Nuh and Isa, that both of, both of them have their merits and virtues. Uh, and then he mentions, yani he lists those merits and virtues of the Prophet that Imam Ibn Qudama mentioned in the text of the book, that he is the seal of the Prophet, that he is the leader of the messengers, that uh, that no one no one's faith would be accepted except by believing in his risala, his messengership or his message and that the judgment would not begin on Yom Qiyamah except by his shafa'ah intercession and that his ummah would be the first to enter the paradise and he would be the one who possessed the flag of praise and that the place of honor, al-maqam al-mahmud and al-hawd al-mawrud, the fountain or watering place that would be greater than all of the other fountains of the other prophets uh, and also that he would be the Imam of the Prophets, the leader of the Prophets, the spokesman, the one who possessed the intercession on the Yom Qiyamah, he would be the one who would be allowed to intercede for it to begin, and also that his Ummah is the best of all nations, uh, with the proofs, with the proofs for each of these points. Uh, tonight, inshaAllah, we'd like to proceed with the following points concerning the companions as-sahaba, ashab al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and some reference to their position and status and the superiority of some of them over others. Here Imam ibn Qudam rahimahullah mentions in point number 71 وَأَفْضَلُ أُمَّتِهِ Abu Bakr as-Siddiq ثم عمر الفاروق ثم عثمان ذو النورين ثم علي المرتضى رضي الله عنهم أجمعين that the best or most preferable of the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq رضي الله عنه then Umar al-Faruq رضي الله عنه then third in order of preference and superiority and merit and virtue is Uthman the possessor of two lights. He was the husband of two of the daughters of the Messenger of Allah successively. Then Ali ibn Abi Talib may Allah be pleased with all of them. 
The proof of this, as Imam Ibn Qudamah says, the proof of this, Lima Rawa Abdullah Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma. This is based on what has been reported or transmitted by Abdullah Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma. May Allah be pleased with him and his father. He said, Qala Kunna Nakulu wan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hay. We used to say at the time when the Prophet was living, and he was living, which means that it was with his approval. Kunna Nakulu wan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hay. أفضل هذه الأمة بعد النبيها أبو بكر ثم عمر ثم عثمان ثم علي فيبلغ ذلك النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلا ينكره. We used to say, meaning the companions, the companions of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم used to say amongst themselves, and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was living and aware of it. They used to say that the best of this ummah after. يعني meaning with the exception of its prophet after the prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم the best of this ummah is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq رضي الله عنه then Umar then Uthman then Ali رضي الله عنهم اجمعين and this statement or saying of the companions amongst themselves he says فيبلغ ذلك النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلا ينكره that it used to reach يعني the news of this statement reached the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he came to know it and he didn't reject it, deny it, or refute it. And he agreed to it. And we said that of those uh, items or those things that are classified as the, from the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, is not only what he said and did, but also what he witnessed or came to know about and approved of. He didn't reject it or speak against it. So this means that it is his silent approval. The fact that he didn't deny it, it means that he is in agreement with it. The Prophet وسلم, is in agreement with this statement. Uh, the next point, point number 72, Imam ibn Qudama, Rahimahullah says, وَصَحَّتْ الرِّوَايَةِ عَنْ عَلِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ أَنْهُ أَنْهُ قَالَ خَيْرُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ بَعْدَ النَّبِيهَا أَبُو بَكْرَ ثُمَّ عُمَرَ وَلَوْ شِدْتَّ لَسَمَّيْتُ الثَّالِثِ أو وَلَوْ شِدْتُ لَسَمَّيْتُ الثَّالِثِ said that it has been authentically reported from Ali radiallahu anhu that he said the best of this ummah after its prophet after Muhammad sallallahu is Abu Bakr and then Umar and if you willed or if I willed I would have mentioned the third yani the third person in preference or superiority who was Uthman Ibn Affan radiallahu anhu and if you will, if you like I can mention even after Abu Bakr Umar who is third in preference <coughs> and this has been authentically reported from Ali radiallahu anhu and we said that a statement <coughs> of a companion is referred to in Mustalah Hadith by the expression mawquf this is a mawquf and it is a report that is mawquf. It is a statement of Ali ibn Abi Talib. Uh, <coughs> and it is a proof. It is also a proof of the deviation of those who gave preference to Ali over Abu Bakr and Umar. By his own words, Ali radiallahu anhu said, the best of this ummah after his prophet 
is Abu Bakr and Umar. So those people who said that Ali deserved to be the Khalifa instead of Abu Bakr and Umar, that they stole it from him, it is clearly refuted by Ali himself, radiallahu anhu. This, this effort, this statement which is mawkuf is reported by Imam Ahmed in his Musnad and others with authentic chains of narration. The next statement of Imam Al-Qadamah, point number 73, وَرَوَى أَبُوْ أَدْدَرْدَى رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنَى نَبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ قَالَ مَا طَلَعَتْ الشَّمْسُ وَلَا غَرَبَتْ بَعْدَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ عَلَى أَفْضَلِ مِنْ أَبِي بَكْرْ رضي الله عنه Abu Adarda رضي الله عنه one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ it is reported that he narrated from the Prophet ﷺ that he said that the sun has not risen nor has it uh, set upon anyone better than Abu Bakr al-Siddiq with the exception of al-Nabiyyin, the Prophets and al-Mursaleen, the Messengers. Yani, outside of the Prophets and Messengers, there was no one better than Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. But this statement, it is not authentically reported from the Prophet Abu al-Darda, it is reported that he said from the Prophet therefore it's marfu'a. And we said that a marfu'a statement, it means it's a statement attributed to the Prophet but it's not sufficient to consider it as authentic just because it's attributed to the Prophet. But we have to look at the chain of narratives. Who heard it from Abu al-Darda and who heard it from him on down the line to try to determine if the chain is authentic or not. And the scholars of Hadith have declared the chain leading to Abu al-Darda to be unauthentic. And here we can note some people become confused when they read in a book that Abu al-Darda, for example, radiallahu anhu, a companion of the Prophet or Abu Bakr, or Abu Hurairah, radiallahu anhu, reported from the Prophet something and then the scholars said it's not authentic. How can it then be authentic when Abu Bakr said it, when Umar said it, when Abu Darda said it? It's not, the question is not Abu Dar, Abu Darda or Abu Hurairah. The question is who claimed after him, who claimed they heard it from him. We are not looking at the Sahabi. We have no question about their truthfulness. But it is those who reported it from them, who claimed that Sahabi said such and such and so and so, that is under question. Yani, the generation after Sahaba, the Tabi'een, and those who came after them. So this is an unauthentic statement. It is not accepted. But the proof of the superiority of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the, proof, the proofs are many besides this. And then Imam al Qudam says in point number 74 concerning Abu Bakr Siddiq wa huwa ahaqqu khalqillah bil khilafa ba'da an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Abu Bakr Siddiq he is the most deserving and the one who had more right to be the khalifa al khilafa the right of rulership he was more deserving and he was more entitled to it than anyone of the creation of Allah of any of the creatures of all of humanity he had more right to it after the Prophet ﷺ than anyone. And this is also a refutation of those who claim that Ali or anyone else had more right to it. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he was the one most entitled to the Khilafah, the right of rulership after the Prophet ﷺ, لفضله, 
First, due to his merit and virtue and superiority over the other companions. وَسَابِقَاتِهِ And also his, his precedent, and he being the first one to enter Islam, ahead of the other companions, his precedent. وَتَقْدِيمَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَهُ فِي الصَّلَاةِ عَلَى جَمِيعَ الصَّحَابَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ And also the fact that the Prophet ﷺ gave preference to him in leading the prayers over all of the other companions. In the time of the sickness of the Prophet ﷺ, he chose Abu Bakr over all others to lead the prayer. That means the Prophet ﷺ himself declared the superiority of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu over others. And likewise, another proof of his right to the Khilafah is وَإِجْمَعَ sahaba عَلَى تَكْدِيمِهِ وَمُبَايَعَتِهِ وَلَمْ يَكُنِ اللَّهُ لِيَجْمَعُهُمْ عَلَى ضَلَالَةٍ And also a proof of the right of Khilafah to Abu Bakr is the consensus, Ijma' of the Sahaba in giving him preference, declaring that he was the preferable one to be the Khalifa and the fact that they gave the Pledge of Allegiance, the Bay'ah, they gave it to Abu Bakr in, يعني, by consensus. This is also a proof of the right of Abu Bakr to the Khilafah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would never have allowed or caused the companions to reach an agreement or consensus on something that is astray or misguidance or error, dalala. So this is also a proof that he was the most, most rightful uh, to the Khilafah or the rulership of the Muslim Ummah after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu In point number 75, Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah says, ثُمَّ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ لِفَضْلِهِ وَأَهْدِي أَبِي بَكْرَ إِلَيْهِ And after Abu Bakr, the one who had the right to Khilafah and the one who was most preferable of the Ummah, after Abu Bakr was Umar radiallahu anhu due to his virtues and merits and superior characteristics and also due to the fact that Abu Bakr Siddiq assigned or elected or delegated the authority of rulership to Umar ibn al-Khattab before his death. Yani Abu Bakr Siddiq, he was the one who delegated Umar ibn al-Khattab anhu, to be the Khalifa after him. Point number 76. Thumma Uthman radiallahu anhu li taqdeem ahli shura lahu. Then the next in line, being the most right, most rightful to the Khilafah after Abu Bakr and Umar, was Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu, due to the fact that he was given preference by the Ahl Shura or Ashab Shura, those people who were uh, elected to be the council, consultative council. They gave preference after lengthy discussion amongst themselves, they gave preference to Uthman over the others. And amongst them was Ali. Ali was amongst them, amongst the Ahl Shura or the Ashab Shura, amongst them was Ali. As well as Uthman and Talha and Zubair and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas from amongst the Al-Ashra al-Mubashirun ibn Jannah, the ten people promised paradise. And they, those people, selected Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu over the others. In point number 77, Al-Imam ibn rahimahullah says, ثُمَّ عَلِي رَضِيَ anhu لِفَضْلِهِ وَإِجْمَاءَ أَهْلِ أَصْرِهِ عَلَيْهِ And the right next in order was for Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu due to his virtues and merits which are well known and also due to the fact that there was consensus of the people of his time 
there was consensus on the fact that he was the most rightful to take the position of Khilafah or to be the Khalifa of the Muslims after Uthman ibn Affan Then Imam al-Khudama says in point number 78 and next to the last point of this section وَهَاُولَاءِ الْخُلَفَاءَ الرَّاشِدُونَ الْمَهْدِيُونَ الَّذِينَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِيهِمْ عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّتِي الْخُلَفَاءَ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِي عَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِرِ Here, Al-Imam Al-Qadam says that these, yani these four mentioned people, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, they are Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidin, Al-Mahdiyun. Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidun, Al-Mahdiyun. Those, they were the rightly guided and the true guides, the Khalifas, the rulers who were rightly guided, and they were also true guides for the people in their leadership, in leading the people. They are the ones who the Messenger of Allah Wasallam spoke about when he said, it is obligatory upon you to follow my sunnah and the sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin al-Mahdiyin min ba'di and the rightly guided Khalifas who will come after me. It is obligatory for you to follow my sunnah and their sunnah. And he said, hold on to it. Adru. Yani, Adru alayha means to cling to. Bin nawajid with your mawlaki. To hold on to it. Yani, firmly hold on to my sunnah and the sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin and the sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin it is none other than the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu they in fact didn't bring anything new except they followed the exact example of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam the final point of this section uh, Imam ibn Qudama says وَقَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ الْخِلَافَةُ مِنْ بَعْدِ ثلاثون سنة فكان آخرها خلافة علي رضي الله عنه and the khilafah or the position of rulership or authority over the Muslim ummah after me it will be for 30 years يعني the khilafah the rightly guided khalifas the, the proper uh, system of rulership before any deviation or corruption would come the khilafah the rulership of the Muslims it would last for 30 years. The people who were ruled during that time would actually follow exactly in the footsteps of the Prophet ﷺ in every way. Their guidance and their example and justice and so on. It would last for 30 years. And this authentic hadith reported in the Sunan of Abu Dawud, Tirmidhi and Nasai. Here, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen mentions in his commentary concerning these points related specifically to the Khulafa al-Rashiddin, the rightly guided Khalifas, and their preference over others, and the order of their preference and their virtues and merits. He says, first, Fadail al-Sahaba, the virtues, excellences, or superiorities of the companions in general. First, he mentions the ta'rif or definition of Sahabi, and he said, من اجتمع بالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مؤمنا به ومات على ذلك. Yani there are three points in the definition of Sahabi which we mentioned in Mustalah Hadith. The first of them is the one who met the Prophet ﷺ. Either by seeing him or hearing him or being in his presence. Mu'minan as a believer. Mu'minan bihi. Wa ma ta'ala dhalik. And dying on Iman. There are three points. So if someone met the Prophet ﷺ, 
before they were a believer or they met him not as a believer even if they became a believer later then they are not considered as Sahabi and likewise anyone who met the Prophet وسلم, as a believer but apostated and died on Kufr they are not a Sahabi but if they met him while they were believing in him and then they died in Islam on Iman then they would be considered as Sahabi then the, the Shaykh says the companions of the Prophet وسلم, they are the best of the companions of all Prophets and this is based on the saying of the Prophet Muhammad Khairun Nas Qarani the best of humanity the best of all people is my generation and this is a hadith reported by Al-Bukhari Muslim uh, Al-Tirmidhi Al-Nasai Al-Hakim Al-Mustadrak Al-Imam Ahmed and his Musnad Ibn Hibban and many other scholars and it is an authentic hadith the isnad of this particular report is Hassan the isnad is Hassan but there are many other shawahid or supporting uh, narrations which brought the same meaning and due to that it is raised up to the position of as-sahih as-sahih it is a Hassan hadith the isnad of it is Hassan but it is raised up to the position of Sahih due to supporting evidences which يعني, make it stronger. And also this hadith, Khairun Nas Qarni, is also a mutawatir hadith. It is a mutawatir hadith that is reported through many, many, many chains of narration. And not only through Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, but also Imran ibn Hussein, Abu Huraira, and others. The fact that it is mutawatir was mentioned by Al-Hafiz Ibn Hajjah Al-Asqalani Rahimahullah in his introduction to Al-Isabah Fi Tamiz Al-Sahaba His book concerning the biographies of the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Al-Isabah In the introduction to that book he said that this particular hadith it is mutawatir Then the Shaykh says The best of Sahaba The best of all of the Sahaba is Al-Muhajirun the best of Sahaba is the Muhajirun, the immigrants, those who migrated from Mecca to Medina due to the fact that they combined a number of virtues from amongst them is Hijrah. They made Hijrah from Mecca to Medina, leaving their land and everything behind. One Nasra, and they supported the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They combined these two characteristics, which other companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from amongst the Ansar, they, they had the uh, they had the virtue of supporting the Prophet and defending him but they didn't have the virtue of the performance of al-hijrah migration from the land of the disbelievers to the land of the Muslims so the muhajirun have first preference and then the ansar from amongst the muhajirin the best of the muhajirin is the four rightly guided khalifas Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman and Ali radiallahu anhum ajma'in here the shaykh mentions briefly about each of the four Khulafa al-Rashidin Abu Bakr he is known as a siddiq due to his uh, lack of hesitancy in confirming whatever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told the people his name is Abdullah ibn Uthman ibn Amir and he is from the tribe of Taimi ibn Marra ibn Ka'ab 
and he was the first of those who believed in the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from amongst the men he was his companion in his migration and when he migrated from Mecca to Medina he was his sole companion and he was also his yani, replacement in the Salat in the absence of the Prophet Sallallahu the leader of prayer was Abu Bakr Siddiq and likewise in Hajj in the absence of the Prophet Sallallahu he sent Abu Bakr Siddiq to lead the people in Hajj and he was his Khalifa and he was the one who came into the rulership or authority after him the Khalifa means the one who comes after so the Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu it is first and foremost Abu Bakr Siddiq and then those who came after uh, he says that Abu Bakr Siddiq uh, a number of the ten people promised paradise five of the ten people promised paradise came to Islam at the hands of Abu Bakr Siddiq if we think about the saying of the Prophet that من huda and whoever calls to al-huda guidance that they will have the reward of whoever follows them without the person who followed them in doing good without the reward being diminished in any way think of the reward of Abu Bakr Siddiq five of the ten people who promised paradise came to Islam through him this is one of the great virtues of Abu Bakr Siddiq uh, from amongst those five was Uthman Al-Zubair Talha Abdurrahman ibn Awf and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas Abu Bakr Siddiq died in the year Jumada Al-Akhirah in the, sena, in the 13th year after the Hijrah and he was 63 years old and then he says that uh, these five of the, the ten, of the ten who were promised paradise who came to Islam at the hands of Abu Bakr Siddiq uh, along with Abu Bakr himself and Ali ibn Abi Talib and Zayd ibn Haritha they are the Asamaniya الذين سبقوا الناس بالإسلام يعني they are the eight people who were the first to come to Islam يعني of the eight people who were the first to come to Islam five of them came to Islam to Abu Bakr Siddiq Subhanallah uh, the second Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu he is Abu Hafs al-Faruq Umar ibn Khattab from Bani Adi Ibn Ka'ab he became a Muslim in the sixth year after the missioning of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after about 40 men or 41 uh, 40 men and 11 women had become Muslims yani Umar ibn Khattab came to Islam later but at that time still not many people had become Muslims approximately 40 men and 11 women had become Muslims before him and the Muslims were indeed pleased and overjoyed with his entry into Islam uh, and after his coming to Islam the Muslims were allowed, or they were able, due to the strength and the power of Umar ibn Khattab, they were able to openly display their Islam in Mecca for the first time. Abu Bakr Siddiq appointed Umar as the Khalifa after him, giving preference to him over the rest of the Ummah. Uh, and he fulfilled the task of Khilafah for the ruler of the Muslims perfectly and in the best way 
until he was killed shahidan as a martyr in the in the month of Dhul Hijjah in the 23rd year of the Hijrah and he also died to the age of 63 radiyallahu anhu Uthman ibn Affan he is Abu Abdullah bin Nurain Uthman ibn Affan from Bani Umayyah ibn Abd Shams ibn Abd Manas and he became a Muslim at an early time before the Prophet ﷺ entered Darul Arkham and before the Prophet ﷺ had taken Darul Arkham as a place of refuge and a meeting place for the Muslims. Uthman was a rich man, very wealthy and he was given the position of Khilafah after Umar al-Khattab by agreement of the Ahl al-Shura, the people of consultation who were given the authority to select or to elect the Khalifa after Umar. And he also fulfilled the responsibilities of Khilafa honorably, nobly, and as expected from someone of his status and honor, a great and close companion of the Prophet ﷺ who married, who the, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ married two of his daughters to him, and he won after the death of the other. He also fulfilled his responsibilities of Khilafah until like Umar al Khattab, he was killed shahidan as a martyr in the month of Dhul Hijjah in the 35th year after the Hijrah. And Uthman died at the age of 90, according to some of the scholars, or near that age. The last of the Khulafa Rashidin, Ali, he is Abu Hassan, Ali ibn Abi Talib. Uh, and his father Abu Talib, his name was Abd Manas ibn Abdul Muttalib. And Ali was the first of the young, of the youth, he was the first to become a Muslim. Of his virtues, or amongst his virtues is the fact that the Prophet ﷺ gave him the flag on the day of Khaybar. He was the flag bearer on that day. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted them victory at his hands. He was giving the bay'ah to be the Khalifa after the murder of Uthman radiallahu anhuma and he was the legal Khalifa until he was also killed shahidan as a martyr in the month of Ramadan in the 40th year after the Hijrah at the age of 63 radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Here the Shaykh, after mentioning the virtues and merits of these, the foremost of the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the foremost of the Muhajireen and the Muhajireen are the foremost of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said of these four, the best of them is Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman and then Ali, based on the hadith mentioned by the author, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, that we used to say, amongst the people or he said كان نخير بين الناس في الزمن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فنخير أبو بكر ثم عمر ابن خطاب ثم عثمان ابن عفان that we used to choose amongst the people in the time of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم who was the best 
And we used to choose Abu Bakr, and then Umar ibn Khattab, and then Uthman ibn Affan. And this is reported by Al-Bukhari. <coughs> the expression, the exact expression as it came in Al-Bukhari is that in the time of the Prophet we didn't used to go past Abu Bakr. Yani no one used to be given preference over Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman. And then we used to leave the companions of the Messenger, the Messenger of Allah, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, not giving preference to one over another. Yani the first preference was given to Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman. This is the narration, the wording of the narration as it came in Al-Bukhari. Then the Shaykh mentions another report that's in the Sunan of Abu Dawood. And that one we used to, and the one mentioned by the author, we used to say, while the Messenger of Allah was living, the best of the Ummah of the Prophet after him is Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman. And some added words are in the narration of the Riwayah with Tabarani, in which he said, فَيَسْمَعَ ذَلِكَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَلَا يَنْكُرُهُ يعني similar to the wording in the text of the book that the Prophet ﷺ heard this or he used to hear this such a statement and he didn't used to deny it or reject it. Uh, the next point as يعني, he follows the text of the book he said the most rightful of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ to the Khilafah or the right of rulership after the Prophet ﷺ was Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu because he was the best of them and he was the first of them to Islam and because the Prophet ﷺ gave him preference or precedence in leading the Salat over the other companions these are some of the reasons why he had he was more entitled to the right of Khilafah and also because the other companions of the Prophet ﷺ also agreed by consensus that he had the preference and they gave him the pledge of allegiance. And as Imam Al-Qudama said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't have left the companions of the Prophet to agree by consensus, by unanimous agreement on something that was error. After that was Umar radiallahu anhu because he was the most preferable of the Reference of Umar for the Khilafah over the others. And then Uthman radiallahu anhu, <coughs> due to his virtues, the virtues of Umar, uh, of Uthman radiallahu anhu, and the fact that he was given preference by the people of the consultative council, Ahl shura or Ashab shura <coughs> and they are those who are mentioned from amongst the ten people from his paradise, Ali and Uthman and Sa'ad. Ibn Abi Waqqas, Talha and Subayr, Abdurrahman ibn Awf. Next in preference was Ali radiallahu anhu due to his virtues and merits and the consensus of the people of his time that he had the right to Khilafah. Then the Shaykh says that these four, they are the rightly guided Khalifas that are mentioned by the Prophet in the Hadith that is incumbent upon you to take my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the rightly guided Khalifas after me, hold on to it strictly or sternly or يعني, firmly with your mullah teeth. <coughs> Concerning the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ mentioned by the author Al-Khilafah Ba'di Thalathuna Sana that the Khilafah after me, after the Prophet ﷺ will last for 30 years 
as reported in the Muslim of Imam Ahmed and the Sunnah of Abu Dawood and the Tirmidhi and others and that hadith it is a hasan or the isnad of the hadith is hasan as declared by Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah uh, he said that Imam ibn Qudama said that the end of that khilafah was the khilafah of Ali and the end of the 30 years was Ali and as we know actually the 30 years was completed in the time of his son here the Shaykh says concerning this statement of Al-Imam al-Qudama that the end of the Khilafah was the Khilafah of Ali he says it is as though Al-Imam al-Qudama has considered the Khilafah of Al-Hasan radiallahu anhu to be a part of the Khilafah of his father Ali radiallahu anhu yani he considered the Khilafah of Ali to be continued in the short period of time that his son Al-Hasan radiallahu anhu was the, khila- was the khalifa of the Muslims uh, or perhaps he didn't consider it due to the fact that al-Hasan radiallahu anhu ya'ani succeeded or gave up his position of khilafa when there was a conflict between the Muslims in order to save the Muslims from bloodshed and to avoid disunity of the Muslims as it was prophesied by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he would do. Here the Shaykh mentions the Khilafah of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq its period of time was two years three months and nine nights two years three months and nine nights from the 13th of Rabi al-Awwal in the 11th year of the Hijrah until the 22nd of Jumada al-Akhirah in the Yani from the 11th year to the 13th year of the Hijrah. Yani from the 11th year of the Hijrah until the 13th year of the Hijrah. Two years, three months, and nine nights. The Khilafah of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu was ten years. Ten years, six months, and three days from the 23rd of Jumada al-Akhirah in the 13th year of the Hijrah until the 26th of Dhul Hijjah in the 23rd year of the Hijrah 10 years, 6 months and 3 days the Khilafah of Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu was similar to the Khilafah of Umar it was 12 years 12 years minus 12 days yani 12 days short of 12 years from the first of Muharram in the 24th year of the Hijrah until the 18th of Dhul Hijjah in the 35th year of the Hijrah yani almost exactly 12 years 12 days short and finally the Khilafah of Ali radiallahu anhu which was 4 years 9 months Four years and nine months from the 19th of Dhul Hijjah in the 35th year of the Hijrah until the 19th of Ramadan in the 40th year of the Hijrah. Yani exactly four years and nine months. So the completion or the total 
of the Khilafah of the four Raidigayl Khalifas was 29 years, 6 months and 4 days. 29 years, 6 months and 4 days. Yani just about 6 months short of the 30 years prophesied by the Prophet and that the Khilafah of the four Raidigayl Khalifas was followed by Al-Hasan ibn Ali radiallahu anhumah on the day of the death of his father in the month of Rabi al-Awwal in the 41st year of the Hijrah and he gave up the Khilafah and he willingly gave up the position of Khilafah to Muawiyah radiallahu anhu uh, and this was a manifestation of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ when he said Al-Khilafa Ba'di Thalathuna Sana and also yani he completed the 30 years that is Al-Hasan ibn Ali and then this is also a manifestation of the statement or it was in his giving up the position of Khalifa or Khilafa it was also a fulfillment of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ concerning Al-Hasan radiallahu anhu إن ابني هذا سيد ولعل الله أن يصلح به فيتين عظيمتين من المسلمين. He said that verily this son of mine, meaning his grandson Hassan, this grandson of mine is a master, سيد يعني a leader of the people of the Muslims, and that it is expected and hoped that Allah سبحانه وتعالى يعني it will happen for sure. Allah made him to know that he would be the one who would rectify or make reconciliation between two great parties from amongst the Muslims when they were in dispute and at the point of war. It was the succession of Al-Hasan ibn Ali radiallahu anhumah that diffused that conflict and allowed the Muslims to be united under one Khalifa. Then he says that Al-Hasan, he was the grandson of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and he was the leader of the Muslims and the son of the Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib. He was born in the 15th of Ramadan, in the third year of the Hijrah, and he died in Medina and was buried in Al-Baqi' the cemetery in Medina in Rabi al-Awwal. Rabi al-Awwal in the 50th, 50th year of the Hijrah. As for his brother Al-Hussein radiallahu anhu, also the grandson of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu and beloved of him, he was the son of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu and he was born in the month of Sha'ban in the fourth year of the Hijrah, uh, and he was killed in Karbala on the 10th of Muharram which has been taken as a day of innovation by the people of innovation claiming to express their sorrow for Al-Hussein and he has nothing to do with them that he was, he was, he was killed in the 10th of Muharram in the 61st year of the Hijrah uh, Naam.
the next point we have here maybe how many points remaining? 80, 81, 82? Like. Anyway, we can try to take some of the remaining points, at least part of it. The next point, Imam Ibn Qudama mentions concerns the ten people who are promised paradise and the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Prophet some people identifying them by name as being the people of paradise. He says in point number 80, وَنَشْهَدُوا لِلْعَشَرَ بِالْجَنَّةِ كَمَا شَهِدَ لَهُمْ وسلم, That we also bear witness for the ten that they are guaranteed paradise as witness was given for them by the Prophet فَقَالَ أَبُوْ بَكْرِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَعُمَرِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَعُثْمَانِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَعَلِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَتَلْحَ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَالزُّبَيْرِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَسَعَدٌ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَالسَّعِيدِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَعَبْدُ الرَّحْمَنِ بْنِ عَوْفٍ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَأَبُو عُبَيْدَةَ بْنِ الْجَرَّاحِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ يعني ذراب بكر وعمر وعثمان العلي تلحى الزبير سعد سعيد عبد الرحمن العوف ابو عبيده بن الجراح he mentioned them specifically by name that each of them would be in the paradise uh, in point number 81 Imam al-Qadama says وَكُلُّ مَنْ شَهِدَ لَهُ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم بِالْجَنَّةِ شَهِدْنَ لَهُ بِهَا and everyone who the Prophet testified to the fact that they will be in paradise we follow him in suit and we likewise testify to the fact that these people are the people of paradise فَقَوْلِهِ like he's saying الْحَسَنْ وَالْحُسَيْنْ سَيِّدَا شَبَاب أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ that الْحَسَنْ الْحُسَيْنْ the two sons of Ali ibn Abi Talib رضي الله عنهم أجمعين that they are two leaders or masters of the youth of the people of paradise so as the Prophet ﷺ testified that they are the people of paradise likewise we also testify specifically for those who have been mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ as being the people of paradise وَقَوْلُهُ لِثَابِتْ ibn Qais and also the saying of the Prophet ﷺ to Thabit ibn Qais رضي الله عنه إنه من أهل الجنة that verily he is of the people of paradise this is the testimony a shahada from the Messenger of Allah and we also testify likewise that he is of the people of paradise and the final point of this section Imam al-Qadama says وَلَا نَجْزَمْ لِأَحَدٍ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْقِبْلَةِ بِجَنَّةٍ وَلَا نَارٍ إِلَّا مَنْ جَزَمَ لَهُ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم لَكِنَّا نَرْجُوا لِلْمُحْسِنْ وَنَقَافِ that we don't say يعني, definitely we don't make any definite or يعني, uh, statement concerning any one of the Ahlul Qibla that is the Muslims that they are guaranteed paradise or that they would definitely be in the hellfire except those whom the Prophet ﷺ mentioned with certainty that they would be in the paradise or the hellfire but we have hope for the muhsin, the people who do good, we hope, due to their good, we hope, we have hope for them that they will be in the paradise, and we have fear upon those, the doers of evil, we have fear for them uh, that they may be punished in the hellfire. And the first point that the Shaykh mentions concerning this section is the making the bearing of witness or testifying for anyone that they will be in the paradise or the hellfire he says that testifying for anyone that they will be in the paradise or the hellfire or making a, firm, a definite firm statement that anyone will be in the paradise or the hellfire is not something that can be done by the intellect, by the aql 
The intellect has no role to play in such a determination, but it is based exclusively and totally upon the shara, the legislative matters, that is, that which has been revealed in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah. So whoever the legislator has testified for them, that they will be in paradise or that they will be in the hellfire, we also testify likewise. And whoever he has not mentioned, whoever has not been mentioned, then we don't mention. But we have hope for the doers of good and we have fear for the people who do evil. This shahada or testifying that somebody will be in the hellfire or the paradise, it is of two types. Aam or Aama, shahada, Aama and shahada, khasa. The general shahada and the special shahada. Falama, a shahada ama or general shahada, it is that which is related to a description such as that we testify that every believer will be in paradise. Yani, a description of Iman, a person who described with Iman, this is a general description. We make a general shahada for the people of Iman. Yani, the people of Iman will be in paradise. And likewise, every kafir that he will be in the hellfire. We can say that the, whoever fits this description of kufr, then we say generally, there is a general testimony that those people will be in the hellfire. And likewise, other such descriptions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made as a reason or a cause, a means for entering the paradise or entering the hellfire. Those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned as the descriptions of the people of paradise, we say in general, the people who are described with those descriptions are of the people of paradise. And those descriptions which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned as the description of the people of the hellfire, kufr and shirk and nifaq and so on, then we also mention that there is a general testimony or statement that the people who contain those descriptions would be in the hellfire. As for al-shahada al-khasa or the special or specific testimony, it is related to the personality, yani to a particular person, specific person, like the testimony for a particular person whom the Prophet mentioned would be in paradise or a particular person that he mentioned would be in the hellfire and we don't make any specific reference to the people of paradise or the people of hellfire except those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has specifically pointed out. The people who have been specifically pointed out as the people of paradise are many, they are many and from amongst them are Al-Ashra Al-Mubashirun bin Jannah the ten people who are promised or given the good news of paradise uh, these people are given this particular title the ten people who are, who are given the good news of paradise because the Prophet ﷺ mentioned them specifically together as ten in a hadith which has been mentioned uh, and the names of each of them was mentioned as the people of paradise including Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman and Ali and so on as we mentioned previously <clears throat> we'll stop here. Uh, there's just a little few points remaining. But uh, and there's some mention of the biographies of the remaining six members of the Ten People Promised Paradise. Uh, in any case, and we'll, we'll continue in the next lecture, or perhaps maybe we should finish in case we don't have a next lecture. Quickly, uh, let me just quickly say, uh, here, the Shaykh says, in brief, he mentions uh, the hadith 
that the author mentioned in the text of the book, the ten people who promised paradise, and so authentic hadith, we quote about Tirmidhi and others. Uh, and then he says, Talha, who is Ibn Ubaidullah, and he was one of the ten first uh, eight people who embraced Islam. He was killed in the Yawm al-Jamal, the, the Battle of the Camel, and the year of Jumada, and the month of Jumada al-Akhirah, and the 36th year of the Hijra, and he was 64 years old. Al-Zubair, he is Al-Zubair ibn al-Awam. Uh, he is, uh, he actually went away from the scene at the time of the Yawm al-Jamal, the battle of the camel. Uh, but he was killed later uh, in the 36th year of the Hijrah when he was 67. Abdurrahman ibn Awf uh, died in the year 32 of the Hijrah while he was 72 years old and buried in Al-Baqiyya, the cemetery in Medina, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas. Uh, he was the first one to shoot an arrow fi sabilillah and in jihad fi sabilillah. Uh, he died in a place called Al-Aqiq, which is a short distance, a few miles outside of Medina. And he was brought to Medina and buried in Baqiq in the 55th year of the Hijrah at the age of 82. Said ibn Zayd. Uh, he was also one of the early people who came to Islam. He died in Aqiq also and was brought into Medina and buried in Medina in the 51st year of the Hijrah, uh, approximately 70-something years old. Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, he was also one of the first people to come to Islam. Uh, he died in Urdun, in Jordan, from uh, plague in the 18th year of the Hijrah at the age of 58. And then he mentions yani, of those people who were also promised paradise outside of the ten is the hadith of Hassan al Hussein and the hadith of Thabit ibn Qais where the Prophet وسلم, is reported in Bukhari said, Innaka lasta min ahlin nar, walakinnaka min ahlin jannah, that verily you are not of the people of the hellfire. He said to Thabit, anhu, verily you are not of the people of the hellfire, but in fact you are the people of paradise. And then the Shaykh mentions of those people who are promised or who are guaranteed the hellfire either in the Quran or the Sunnah is Abu Lahab, the uncle of the Prophet وسلم, and his wife, Um Jamil, who was the sister of Abu Sufyan. Uh, and this is based on the saying in the Quran, Tabbat Yada Abi Lahabin Watab. And also of those who are specifically mentioned as being of the people of Hellfire is the uncle of the Prophet Abu Talib. Uh, based on the saying of the Prophet وسلم, is reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim from Abdul ibn Abbas Ahwan Ahlan Nar Azaban Abu Talib Wahua Munta'il Bina'alain Yaghli Minhuma Dimaguhu That the least of the punished, punished people or the people of the hellfire would be Abu Talib and he would be fitted with two sandals that would be boiling to such an extent that they would cause his brains to Oil. And the exact uh, reference for this hadith, in or the exact narration in Al-Bukhari and Muslim uh, for this hadith, or another narration of it from Nu'man ibn Bashir, is similar that the least of the punishment of the people of the hellfire would be a person who 
there would be hot coals put at in his feet, at his feet, both of his feet, and it would cause his brains to fry or to boil. And also of those people who were mentioned specifically as of the people of of hellfire is Amr, Ibn Amir, Ibn Luhay, Al Khazai, who the Prophet said, Ra'ituhu Yajurru Amahu Finnar. He said, I saw him dragging his intestines or his guts in the hellfire. And this hadith is reported by Al Bukhari and Muslim. So these are some of the people who are mentioned specifically, either as being of the people of Paradise, people of Hellfire, and other than those who are confirmed in the Quran or in the Sunnah, uh, we shouldn't mention that any person, no matter how good their deeds may appear to be, is guaranteed the Paradise. But we say in general that the believers, the people of Taqwa, the people, the righteous people and so on, will be in Paradise. And likewise, the people of Hellfire, no matter how evil somebody's deeds may be, we shouldn't declare or classify somebody to be of the people of Hellfire as long as they are alive. It's a possibility they may change and correct their life. Uh, but we just say in general that the people who are described with such descriptions as kufr and shirk and wickedness and so on, these are the descriptions generally of the people of Hellfire. Otherwise, we bear witness uh, that the paradise is for those whom the Quran or the authentic Sunnah has mentioned and likewise the Hellfire and besides that, we remain silent. This is the end of what we can cover today. And it's very possible that uh, we may be traveling at the end of this week and we may not have a class next week. <coughs> In case that should happen, then we will continue, inshallah, uh, after my return with the remaining topics which are not that many, yani, topic related to the ruling of those who curse the companions of the Prophet, the rights of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, those who slander them, uh, what is the position of Ahl Sunnah Jama'at concerning Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan radiallahu anhu, the, the, the subject of Al-Khilafah, Al-Khilafah, the rulership of the Muslims in general, the ruling concerning obedience to the Khalifa, abandoning the people of Bid'ah, arguing and disputing in Deen, the signs of the people of Bid'ah and some of those groups, the subject of Khilaf, yani difference of opinion amongst the Muslims, and Ijma, consensus and its ruling, and Taqlid, blind following. These are the end of the subjects of the book, and inshallah, we will try to complete them immediately upon return if I travel. Uh, Sisters sent two questions. One, is there any hijra after the conquest of Mecca? For example, if someone leaves the land of the disbelievers to go to the Muslim countries for Allah's sake, is it correctly called hijra? It is indeed hijra. And hijra is the linguistic as well as the shari meaning of hijra is uh, yani applicable to the person in this day and time who leaves any land of the disbelievers and goes to the land of the Muslims with the intention of escaping with their deen or going to the land of the Muslims for the sake of Allah. Uh, the, the term Hijra is applicable. How long was Hassan's Khalifa? Khilafa, it was approximately six months, as uh, the Shaykh said, completing the 30 years prophesied by the Prophet. Are there any questions?